Here's today's God Heals Hurting Marriages with Charlene Steinkamp. Hi everyone, this is Lori and I am so excited to be with you today and just have a conversation that may be a little uncomfortable, but I think it's an important conversation that we need to have. I want to particularly talk to parents today, but if you don't have children of your own, I really want to encourage you to stick with me to the end of this recording because I know that you have children in your life, even if they're not your own children. You may have nieces or nephews. You may have best friends who have children that you're with a lot. You may serve in a ministry at church that works with children. So just because you don't have kids, please don't skip over this recording. I think it's really going to be important for awareness of things that are happening in the world around us. It is August, which is hard to believe, but we have made the summer. It is over and students are heading back to school. If your kids have not gone back to school already, they're probably gearing up to go back in the next couple of days. I know that for our family, our twins, Kyle and Kayla, are going to school in just over a week to start their second year of college. And our son, Ryan, is going to be a senior this year. And our youngest, Ashley, is going into seventh grade. So we are right in the midst of what I want to talk to you about today. Today, I want to talk to you about children and protecting them from things around them that they may not even realize they need protection from. I want to start by reading a verse in Proverbs, and it's Proverbs 13, 24. It says, He who spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him is careful to discipline him. When you read that verse, the word hates is so strong, but I really understand what they're saying. Because we love our children, we need to discipline them, and we need to be willing to invest in discipline. I say invest in discipline because it takes an investment from us as parents. It takes time. It takes energy. Boy, does it take energy. It takes a lot of energy. And it takes an investment spiritually and emotionally to do it. I was speaking with a friend recently who is in the midst of a discipline issue with her son. And she said that she is exhausted from dealing with this day after day for several days. And you have probably been there, whether your child is three years old and you are going through the daily training of getting them to understand how and why they need to obey mommy or daddy, or your child is 13 years old and you're going through the daily training of getting them to understand how or why they need to obey mommy and daddy. It is an exhausting situation, but it's something that's important and it's something that we need to be constantly training ourselves as adults and as parents so that we can do the best job at it. I by no means think that I have arrived and I have um, accomplished this parenting gig and I can take a deep breath and say we made it because our kids are okay. I don't think we're there yet. I think we're close because I now have two almost three kids who are adults 
But my husband and I joke with each other that we want to deliver them into adulthood, into the hands of a husband or wife, if that's God's will for them, um, and just say, here you go. Here is the pure child that God has protected, and they have come through their teen years almost unscathed. And that is our prayer for them. We as parents do not do the parenting we do just to annoy them or just to um, nag them because we could annoy them and nag them in many other ways, but we do it to try to protect them from things that they may not realize they need protection from. Today, I want to talk to you about social media specifically, but also online safety. Our youngest daughter, Ashley, has been asking to get social media, and we have been talking a lot about it in our home. And so I wanted to just bring up some of the cautions that we have and some of the research and the things that we have understood about social media that you may not be aware of. Having four kids and having a husband who works at a Christian school and being involved in the youth department of our church as volunteers, we are constantly around teenagers. And it is a double-edged sword because it helps us to be aware of some things that are happening out in the world that we may not have been aware of. But also with that awareness comes a sickening feeling in my stomach because I am aware of things that I wish our children weren't exposed to and I wish our children didn't have to deal with. But since they do, we need to be ready and able to help them go through these situations and go through decisions they make with the best information. One of the things that you can talk to your children about is helping them understand that there are consequences to what they post. College admission counselors or potential employers can view their online activity, can view their social media accounts. And if they were to find compromising images or find some cyberbullying, it could mean the loss of a job or even getting into the college of their dreams. And it's hard for our kids to understand that there are consequences, but we need to constantly be reminding them of that. Our kids don't understand how far a picture can be shared in this day and age. That sexy photo that one child took and sent to one other person could be in the hands of hundreds of people within minutes, and there's no getting it back. I am a lover of technology. I think it's amazing that I can basically hold a computer in the palm of my hand and have access to any information that I need access to almost instantly. With that technology comes some scary things. And that's what we need to try to get our children to understand. Social media is wonderful. We use social media at the ministry. I use it with my family and friends. And I love that I have the option to keep up with people I went to high school with and see their families growing up and understand what's happening in their life, even if we don't even live on the same continent. But there are also negatives to that same social media, things that you may not even be aware of. For example, the video game that your child's playing, like Minecraft or Clash of Clans and others, they have chat options. 
So while your child is playing a video game, they have the option to go into a chat room and to chat with other people, even strangers. Your child may be making friends with someone from around the world, but it could be an adult posing as a child. YouTube is another popular website right now, and YouTube has got thousands of videos that are so helpful. My husband and I use YouTube videos for everything from trying to figure out how to get gum out of our carpet to how to repair our washing machine. And kids are finding valuable information on YouTube as well. But what you may not realize is on YouTube, there are also suggested videos that come up in the sidebar. And the suggested videos may not be videos that would be appropriate for your child. So if your child views YouTube, you need to make sure that you have the parental settings set in a way that it will protect them from getting any explicit suggested videos while they're trying to watch an innocent video. If your child plays on your desktop computer or laptop computer, there are parental controls that you can set on the computer so you can protect them from things that will pop up. You can give them their own login on that computer so you can set the controls for different websites that they may be viewing to be different from websites that you would visit as an adult. You can even go into the apps like YouTube and set parental controls on the videos that are available there. Let's go back to talking about social media a little bit. Social media came around years ago with the invention of MySpace. And it was a place for people to connect with others because that's what we crave as human beings. We crave that connection. We crave the interaction with other people. For teenagers, these social media channels have become a dangerous place for them on many occasions. Snapchat is the social media channel that introduced us to the silly filters that you can put on. You can hold the camera up to your face and instantly have a makeover done or you can have kitten ears and whiskers just with the press of a button. But Snapchat also has a feature where the posts disappear after 24 hours. So it is a very temporary social media experience. If someone were to take a screenshot of a post on Snapchat, the person that made that post would be aware. And that can give your child a false sense of security because they think, well, nobody screenshotted the picture, so it's okay. But nowadays, teens are smart. So they will take another phone to take a shot of the picture, or they will use an iPad to take a screenshot of it. Help your child understand if they're using Snapchat, that it is still an internet option that is permanent, and they need to be aware that the things they post there will be around forever. Several months ago, Snapchat introduced a new feature called Cosmo After Dark. It was a digital channel on the app and it featured very explicit discussions about pornography and other adult content. Cosmopolitan Magazine was behind this channel and they decided that they would go live once a week after 6 p.m. 
with this channel making it available only at that time. There was an almost instant backlash to this channel because it was pornography and it was available to every person that had Snapchat. There was no way for a parent or for a child to turn it off on their phones. It was being delivered to them without their request. Fortunately, because of the backlash, this was quickly taken down and made unavailable. But it's not to say that another channel similar to this is not going to pop up on Snapchat. Instagram is another social media channel that is beautiful because it's mostly pictures. But when you're looking at pictures, you also have access to photos that other people have taken, people that you may not even know. So there's areas of Instagram that your child can get into and see pictures, again, being delivered to them that they may not want to see. Have you ever heard of the word Finsta? It's a second Instagram account that many teenagers have. They have one main account that may be listed under their name, but the second account is secret, and it's usually just for their friends to see. If you could look at some of these Finsta accounts, you would see that there are more risque conversations, there are more explicit photos, and you would instantly know why they're keeping that account a secret. Facebook is another account that is filled with dangers, but it seems like more teenagers now are going away from Facebook and using Snapchat and Instagram. We need to alert our kids about the predators that are out there. They may think they're connecting with another teenager and they may be vulnerable and share information that's private. When in reality, the person that your teenager or your preteen is speaking to could actually be an adult. It has happened over and over again. So you need to warn your children about connecting with strangers online. Don't let them have relationships with people that they've not met. Give them boundaries about who they can follow on social media channels. You need to be monitoring what your children are doing online. According to a survey from the National Center for Education Statistics and Bureau of Justice Statistics, nationwide, 21% of students ages 12 through 18 have experienced bullying. That is a staggering statistic when you think about how many children that actually represents and how many children were bullied but were too ashamed to tell anyone about it. You need to talk to your children about cyberbullying so they can understand to recognize it when they're being victimized and so they can understand and recognize when they are doing it. Children nowadays are so harsh with each other and they joke around and they're very crass in their comments and they may not realize what they're saying is actually cyberbullying when they're doing it online. So what can you do? It's very disheartening to hear all of the things that are out there and the, the social media and the technology and how dangerous it is for your children. But I believe that there's things that we can do as parents. Deuteronomy 6 verses 6 and 7 say, These commandments that I gave you today are to be upon your hearts. 
Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. And that is what my husband and I have done in our family. We talk and talk and talk and talk and talk, as our kids would say, some of these things to death because we want them to understand that we are walking this with them and that we're trying to understand the journey and the things they're exposed to so that we can help them navigate it. With that talking comes monitoring. We monitor their social media. We monitor their cell phones. And it's not about trusting or a lack of trust. There is an enemy out there who wants to deceive and wants to steal my children. And I am willing to monitor and to annoy them to pieces if it will protect them from what the devil wants to offer them. It's not about the lack of trust I have in my kids. It's about the lack of trust I have in what the enemy can do to them. And I know the enemy is real and I know that he wants to destroy our home. And so we monitor and monitor some more. Sometimes it is more intense than other times. And you as a parent need to just figure out what is best for your family. You may want to adopt the rule that your children don't have the cell phone in their room at night. And you may have a charging station that's in the kitchen. And so when it's time to go to bed, your child can plug their phone in and it can stay on the kitchen counter all night long. And you can be assured that they're not FaceTiming, video chatting, or speaking to somebody online at all hours of the night. You may decide, like we did, that you want to read through their messages. My children know that I read through their text messages. For a while, there was a season where I would take their phone every day and they would leave it with me and I would just read through it. And I didn't do it to be nosy, although I did learn a lot of things, things that maybe they would not have told me, but I did it to protect them and to open up a dialogue to have conversations with them about some of the things that they were talking to their friends about. So for example, if they were talking to a friend about plans for Friday night, I could see the conversation and I could understand where they were coming from. And it gave me the opportunity to be the devil's advocate and say, well, what happens if you do this? What, how would you get out of that situation? And it helped them try to problem solve and make decisions on their own. Now, would they have told me about some of those conversations if I had not read them on their phone? Probably not because teenagers don't chat a lot with parents, but they knew I would read it on their phones. Their friends knew that I read their phones and it almost became a joke when I would read through a text message and see, hi, Mrs. Lassen from a friend. Don't be afraid to be that parent. We did it in love. We did it as a protection. And I did not have to take their phone every single day and read through every single text message for long. And now as our children are getting older, our three oldest children, it's very infrequent that I look at their phone. But I have two children who are 19 and they are adults and they still live under my roof. And if I were to say to them today, hey, can I look through your phone? They would both willingly give it up. Do you know why? Because they know 
that our intention is not to be nosy, but our intention is to help protect them. And we have talked to them about it enough that they understand where it's coming from. So pray about it in your family, what you should do. Something else we do is that if they have a form of social media, my husband or I have that same form of social media. Now this usually falls on my lap because my husband has zero interest in understanding social media. But if they use Snapchat, I use Snapchat. So I'm the go-to person for my girlfriends when they want to understand how to work Snapchat or how to find different channels on Snapchat or how to make sure there's not a hidden file on Snapchat. But if my kids have it, I have the same social media and I'm friends with them so that we can keep each other accountable in the online behavior. You need to be willing to have the awkward conversations with your kids. And when you start the process of setting up a plan to protect them with their online usage, that is the first awkward conversation. And I can't promise that it will be the last, but that is the hardest one to have is when you say, listen, we want to have some boundaries and you're not old enough to be able to set those on your own. And so I'm here to help protect you. This is the role that God has given you. You're doing what God has commanded. He has commanded that those are his children and they are on loan to us and we are to protect them and we are to parent them and we are to love them until Jesus comes back. And I pray every day that it will be today so that we don't have to continue to go through this social media, technology, society with our children But it may not be today, and we need to understand what we can do to protect our kids. Proverbs 22, 6 says, Train a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not turn from it. Our family loves to laugh. That is one of our favorite things to do. We like to be silly with each other. We like to joke around with each other. The guys in the family like to wrestle in the kitchen, which is not big enough for wrestling matches, but we like to have fun. And part of having fun is sharing with each other the funny videos or the jokes that we find online. I was actually looking through my son's phone with him recently, and I noticed that one of the accounts he was following on Instagram was an account that posted a lot of funny videos, but the name of the account was vulgar. And when I asked him about it, he said, oh, I got that from my friend who suggested it. And I said, I looked through some of it. It's hilarious. But why do you want to read the name of that account every day when you're scrolling through that? That's something that our kids don't think about. And we need to be aware and we need to be in their lives helping them to understand how to make these decisions. So when we talked about it, I said, you're old enough to make the decision, but I don't think that you would want to expose yourself to that every day. And the next time I looked at the phone, that account was gone. Those are some of the awkward conversations to have. You may not have a relationship with your child right now that you feel like you can sit down with them and come at this from the angle where you're not attacking them, but where you're coming alongside them with your arm around them 
to lovingly help them through this journey. But that is what your goal should be. Don't come at it where you're punishing them ahead of time, but you're coming at it to help them. Help your friends understand how they choose godly friends and godly influences in their life. I just had breakfast with a couple of girls who graduated from high school just in June, and they both commented how shocked they were that even though it's only been a couple of months, they have had no contact with anyone in their senior class except for two or three of their closest friends. They really thought that they would be in contact with the majority of their class. And that is something that our kids don't understand. They're making decisions in high school and in junior high that will be with them for the rest of their life. And they're doing it for people that are going to exit their life after graduation day. That is what we need to help them understand. The main reason my husband and I decided years ago to take a very proactive approach to our children and technology is because we want to protect them to keep them pure as teenagers. 1 Corinthians 6, 15 through 20 sums it up beautifully. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ himself? Shall I then take the members of Christ and unite them with a prostitute? Never. Do you not know that he who unites himself with a prostitute is one with her in body? For it is said the two will become one flesh, but he who unites himself with the Lord is one with him in spirit. Flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a man commits are outside his body, but he who sins sexually sins against his own body. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. And that is our main goal. We want to help our children and our teenagers understand how they can honor God with their body. And having this technology in their hand is amazing, but it opens the door to things that they would never be exposed to 30 years ago so easily. They would have had to get a magazine. They would have had to go to a store on the corner that sold illicit material. Right now, they can punch in a couple of things on their phone and be exposed to it. And the teenagers that we are around and the teenagers that we see, in my opinion, are more sexualized than ever before at a younger age. And that's what we want to try to protect our own children from. In Mo Isms book, Sex, Jesus, and the Conversations, the Church Forgot, she says, God calls for purity from us and blesses those who are pure in heart because he loves us. And he knows in this fallen, broken, twisted world what is best for us. He is protecting us. He is teaching us self-control and growing endurance and vitality in us. Purity is the true why intended at the root of virginity. It is the greater source God always intended to be the compelling force for our actions and our discretion in all things. It is not about getting our children to the altar 
and just being able to wave that flag of virginity. But we want them to be pure in heart and pure in mind. I don't want my children or your children to wrestle with the impurity that this world wants to offer them today. And if we have the means to protect them, I think we need to take it. I'm sure you don't let your children get in the car and ride to dinner with you without putting on their seatbelt. So if we're willing to make them put on a seatbelt in the car and protect them from something that may or may not happen, we need to be willing as parents to do that same thing and have the hard conversations with them and protect them from things that they may not be able to see as a reality right now involving technology. It is a big job, but I know that you are up for the task. I know that you can do it. I know that God will bless your efforts. I know that the conversations that you need to have may be hard and may be uncomfortable, and you may be met with some resistance, but I think in time, your children will come to understand and appreciate the protection that you're giving them. And we have always told our children that they can use us as an out. We've always said to them that they are welcome to blame us if they feel uncomfortable with their friends and they want someone to push the blame on. Do your research and find the resources that will work best with your family. There are programs out there like Covenant Eyes and other ones that you can install software on the phone or on the computer that will help protect what your children are seeing. It may be a program that would be helpful for you so that you're not tempted to go to sites or go to areas of your computer that would be unhealthy. When your children ask if they can go to the movies Friday night with their friends, take the time to go to Plugged In, a website that Focus on the Family offers, And type in the title of that movie and read the review. Plugged In is a wonderful resource that will tell you everything you need to know about the sexual content of the movie, the number of foul words that are used, any spiritual implications. It's very detailed, but it'll help you sit down with your children and together evaluate if that's a movie that they should be watching. There's hundreds of resources that are available, so you need to find the ones that work the best for your family, set a plan, and then stick with it. And I know that God will bless your intentions and your desire to raise your children to serve Him. Let me pray for you as we close today. Father, I thank you for each and every person that is listening to this podcast right now. And I thank you for the children that you've blessed us with. Lord, we know that they are a gift from you and that they are on loan to us. God, I pray that you would just equip us as parents to do the best for our children that we can. Lord, I pray that we would just have the endurance to battle the things that need to be battled when there are battles. I pray that you would give us the steadfastness to remain strong when we need to go through the mire with our children. Lord, I pray that you would just give each of us wisdom to know how to parent our children and to understand the areas where they need protection. God, I pray for the children that are being exposed to so many things 
they have so much coming at them from every angle through social media, through videos, through video games. And God, I pray that you would protect their minds. I pray that you would help them to be able to send an alert and to warn a parent when they're overwhelmed or when things have come at them that, that are inappropriate. I pray that they would be willing to talk about it with someone. God, I pray for purity for our children. Lord, we ask that you would just protect them from the devil. We pray that they would be children that have a desire to live for you and they have a desire to remain pure in their mind and in their bodies until their day of marriage. God, we ask that you would give our children boldness to stand up for you. I pray that each of them would be an example for their group of friends as to what it looks like to be a Christ follower and to honor you with their life. As school starts back, Lord, I pray for those who are going through bullying, and I pray that they would be able to reach out for the help that they need. God, I pray that you would help each of us and each of our children to not be noticed and wait to be noticed, but that they would be a noticer and that they would be looking for people that they can befriend and people that need someone to come alongside and protect them. God, we thank you for our families. And Lord, we know that you can use this area of technology for such great things to spread the gospel around the world. And we pray that it would no longer be an area that the devil consumes for himself. May it all be for your glory. In your name, amen. Well, thank you for letting me share with you today. I hope it was a blessing. If you would like to comment below with any other questions you have, we can have a conversation. And if you have any other suggestions or tips, please comment below and share them with others that listen. If we can help you in any way, we invite you to visit the website of Rejoice Marriage Ministries at www.rejoiceministries.org. Thanks for joining us today as we proclaim that God heals hurting marriages. Divorce strikes families around the world, often with little notice. You can help us minister to these families with your financial gift. Visit rejoiceministries.org and help us teach men and women what Jesus can do for their hurting family.